Hello, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening and also to explain why you might hear ads like this before, during, or even after an episode. We're a small but mighty team here at Realm, and to help fund our shows, we promote products or services that we think you'd enjoy from a variety of sponsors. If any of our ads interest you, one of the best ways to support us is by visiting the link or using the promo code in the ad. It's pretty much a win-win since you can get some great deals and we can keep making awesome shows like this one. You can also visit realm.fm slash partners for more information about our sponsors and how to access the different promotions. Thanks again for joining us in our corner of the universe. Listen away. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Presents Roanoke Falls, Episode 4. Thomas takes the candle and stands at the base of the ladder, expectant. Agnes, you will sleep in the storage space tonight. Go on. It's as dark as sin up there. Why, Thomas? Because I am your husband and I ask you to. I won't be thrown out of my bed on a cold night without good cause. Do you realize how serious this is? Obedience accused you in public. You could be tried for murder by witchcraft. They'll prick you, strip you, search you for marks. What do you think they'll say when they find that wine stain on your thigh? No. No. No, they can't do that. They have no proof. Are you certain of that? I'm not. People want someone to blame. And if Thomas speaks against me in public, I won't stand a chance. Please, haven't I been a good wife to you? I've tried so hard to be dutiful, even though... Even though? I never loved him. I don't say the words, but they still hang between us. You have made a fool of me, Agnes. Rather than looking to me for guidance, my flock think I've fallen under a spell. I've no mission, no child, nothing. All right, then. I will sleep in the loft tonight. I can't bear the thought of lying next to him. Heaving myself up, I crawl towards the back of the loft. The darkness threatens to swallow me whole. I fear the truth behind Thomas's words. I married him for security, made him jilt obedience. My faith is farther than England now, and as for my thoughts, Thomas said the devil knows my name. Maybe he recognizes me as one of his own.
hours pass. I wait, not daring to sleep. Agnes. Is that the devil? I'm not ready to die. Images flash. The slick rope of Zachary's guts, Mercy's jutting ribs. But maybe it won't hurt. Maybe I'll be too afraid to feel anything at all. Agnes. Thomas was right. The devil is calling for me. Something stronger than fear begins to pump through my veins. Anger. I can't lie here waiting. I'm tired of bracing myself for the next blow, whether it's a harsh word from Thomas or a curse from obedience and Caleb Jeffers. No matter what I do, judgment will always be waiting. I've been forced to give up my home. I won't die cowering in the dark. They say I summon the devil. Well, I'll be the one to banish him again. I see the knife I used to slaughter our goat by the hearth and pick it up. I steal outside into the night. There are tracks leading towards the old goat shed. I see other marks. The hexafoil, the sign to ward of witches. The townspeople must have drawn them outside my door. I can hear the devil in the shed. My fingers clench tight around the knife. A lantern bob spilling light onto the straw. God's wounds! James, what are you doing here? I'm sorry. I must have scared you half to death creeping about. The knife drops from my hand. You did? I thought you were him, the devil in the woods. I was worried about you. I heard about what happened at the end of the funeral. I left because I couldn't bear to watch the burials. Are you all right? Oh, I'm not, but I feel better now that you're here. James, what if obedience was right? What if I brought this upon us? No one died until I read Hannah's journal. I cannot bear a child for Thomas. My faith is gone. I... Obedience was raving. You're not a witch. But I'm not a godly woman either. When I look at you... Slowly he lifts my chin to hold my gaze. You are not cursed. Roanoke was in trouble long before the murders began. You didn't make the crops fail. And what about the others? Is in judgment a sin? If sinning really brought the devil here, you're not the only culprit. Why are you always so kind to me? We barely know each other. I know enough. Do you? <laughs> How? You hardly even came out of your forge before. Before you found prudence. There was nothing worth coming out for until I met you. He moves closer to me. I tried to be dutiful, but if I'm going to hell, I might as well deserve it. I lean forward and kiss him. Oh, it feels like coming home. James gathers me in, his strong arms around my waist. We fall against the damp straw. They say this is a sin, so why doesn't it feel wrong? At last I found something warm and good in this desolate place. I won't let it go. There it is. Don't they say evil spirits only come between midnight and cockcrow? You're safe for now. I feel safe with you beside me. But once we leave this shed... Well, you're certainly not the only sinner anymore. James, 
You can't be found here with me. Think of your own reputation. They have no good cause to arrest you. We can't let this turn into a land where innocent women are punished. For what? For owning beads? It was meant to be better here. Catherine thought... I don't mind if you want to talk about her. I know she was a part of your life. Ah. Poor Catherine. She was as good as they come. But to hear people talk... You'd think her death on the ship was a, a punishment. As if she wasn't worthy of a new land. Those self-righteous blackguards didn't understand her, and they don't understand you either. I won't lose both of you. We'll make this right. Let me talk to the Jeffers and Goodwife Greenaway. <laughs> They'll just say I put a spell on you too. <laughs> Maybe you have. We sneak out of the goat shed into a chill, misty morning. Don't give up, Agnes. We'll find a way. I can't bring myself to dampen his hope. At least I've had this. One taste of happiness. However brief. Stay safe. I have the feeling I put him in terrible danger. I head back towards the house, letting the hens out of their coop as I pass. Thomas! I told you to stay in the loft. What are you doing out here, barely dressed? Thomas, let's go inside. I heard voices out here. Who are you talking to? Nobody. <laughs> I heard you speak. I was just talking to the hens. The hens? He lopes to the hen coop and bolts over the fence. He chases the birds around the pen, grabbing the smallest and twisting its neck. Stop! What are you doing? One by one, he chokes the life from our hens. You stupid man! You want us to starve! Don't destroy what little we have left! It's done. Better you starve with a pure soul than hang as a witch. I won't have you commanding your familiars from my home. <laughs> you believe, obedience, that these are my familiars? Demons who take the forms of chickens by day? Thomas, think clearly. Maybe I can't. Maybe you've clouded my mind with those charms around your neck. Give them to me. You told me you'd sold them. Look, they're just glass. Harmless glass. They're the only goods left from my father's days as a merchant. Why can't I keep them to remember him? People tell me you walk around holding them and muttering words in a strange tongue. And I've seen you do it. The night Zachary died. It's French! The French refrains my mother taught me to use with these beads when I'm upset and need comfort. Thomas, listen, please, you must believe me. You know she was a Huguenot. Of course I speak her language. Everything points against you, Agnes. Prudence's brooch, the tattered book, and now you have the jewellery that no godly woman should wear. You sacrificed our goats. For food. And you've been right there whenever our body's been found. God refuses to bless your womb. If having no child is a judgment, then judge yourself too. No woman can produce a baby alone. He takes in my stained nightshirt, the hair falling loose over my shoulders. I've tried not to believe the whispers. But look at you. Wanton, you stink of goat and sin. I know what you've been doing. You've been copulating with the beast. Oh. Thomas lunges at me and twists my arm behind my back. Oh. I won't let them say you've ensnared me. I'll test you myself. Let go! Stop! What are you doing? 
He pushes me towards the water barrel. It's full of stagnant rain. He grabs the back of my head and yanks me down. Wait, no, I... Hot water fills my mouth, my nose, my ears. I can't scream. I can't breathe. The morning air slices like a knife against my cold skin. My lungs burn. Thomas's fury makes him strong. I'm going to die here. Drown in Roanoke rain. I try to fall him, to appease him, to make him stop, but my body wants to survive. Why do you fight it? Why does the water of baptism reject you? He throws me to the ground. Wet hair slaps against my shoulders and drips into the dirt. It's so cold. Say a prayer to prove your innocence. What's going on? Half a dozen villagers have gathered around our fence. Please. The Lord's Prayer. Now. Our Father. Our Father. It sticks on her wicked tongue. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy, thy, thy. Wicker. See, she bleeds. She's a witch. Obedience Jeffers is standing at the fence. Her eyes find mine. I thought she'd be gloating, but she's chalk white. Thomas hauls me off the floor. Thank God your father isn't alive to see what you've become. He plunges my head underneath the water one more time. Everything turns black. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Here, Agnes, hand me that bead, the yellow one. But you'll give it back, Maman, promise. It's my favorite. Hush, ma chérie, of course. See this one? Let's call it hope. Yellow, for hope. Jeune pour l'espoir. Jeune pour l'espoir. And this one? I don't like the red. It looks like blood. (laughs) Oh no, to me, it looks like strength. Let's make this one power. Rouge pour le pouvoir. Hold this one to remember your strengths when others try and take it away from you. Rouge pour les pouvoirs. That's right. My mother's smile fades slowly away. I open my eyes. Thomas! My husband writhes beside me in our bed. Blood. So much blood, staining the sheets, pouring from his neck. He clutches at me with hot, slippery palms. Don't try to talk. You. I roll over. He's here, the devil himself. A long, wolfish jaw picked clean of flesh, grinning, eyes burning red. He posed me beside Thomas, ready to kill. He swipes his claws, misses me by an inch. There's no space to run. He's blocking the door. We're going to be like Daniel and Mercy, murdered in our home. I open my eyes. The demon has vanished without a trace. Thomas's grip starts to loosen on my fingertips. 
No, no, hang on. Help is coming, husband. Help! Please help us! He slumps back against the pillow, mouth ajar, eyes open. Dead. My husband is dead. No! What's going on in there? Open the door! I bathed in Thomas's blood. What have you done, witch? Saints preserve us! Look what she's done to his throat. The devil, he came, he killed. Took your revenge, did you? Seize this pig and arrest her. They swore me, yanked me from the bed by my hair. Boots stomp on my fingers and connect with my spine. I curl into a ball. A wad of phlegm hits me on the neck. No, it wasn't me. Stop! Release her! Agnes! Professor Rob, hold it! Can't curse us anymore! I curl in on myself. All I can smell is Thomas's blood. He died hating me. And then I think of it. A lie that will save me. The thing Thomas wanted most of all. I'm pregnant! You're hurting my baby! What did you say? They stare down at me, as if I were already lying in my grave. You can't hang me. I'm carrying Thomas's child. Created and produced by Realm. Your portal to another world. Listen away. Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Roanoke Falls is written by Laura Purcell, produced by Nicole Otto and Haley Wagreich, and executive produced by John Carpenter, Sandy King Carpenter, and Molly Barton. Performed by India Dupre, Eric TD, Anthony Garland, Theo Devaney, Jack Hawkins, Stella Balik Carr, Jess Nahikian, Callie Shatara, Kyle McCarley, Craig Robert Young, Caroline Bloom. Audio production and direction by Kaylin West. Sound design by Fred Greenhalge and Rory O'Shea. Additional editing by Corey Barton. Original music by Hashem Asadullahi. With orchestration by Andrew Rowan. Featuring performances by Kevin Devine, Alba Ponce de Leon, Max Kutner, 
Carl McComas Reichel and Peter Brandler. Cover art by Kendall Thomas. Mm-hmm.